Isaiah 9, 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Today, the greatest gift, unwrapping the full love story of Christmas, our guest, Ann Boskamp. The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again. The lame will leave, the dumb will speak, the praises of the Lamb. Oh, Mary, did you know? Welcome back to Life, Love, and Family. Are you ready for the holidays? Thanksgiving? Christmas is coming? Be sure to slow down and reflect on the gifts in your life, especially the gift of Christ. Well, today we're going to talk all about who He is, what He means to us, what Christmas is all about. Our special guest is Ann Voskamp. She's a farmer's wife. She's a home-educating mama to six exuberant kids. She's also the author of the book, 1,000 Gifts, a dare to live fully right where you are. It was a New York Times 60-week bestseller. She was recently named by Christianity Today as one of the 50 women most shaping culture in the church today. She's a writer for Dayspring. She partners with Compassion International as a global advocate for needy children. She's been featured on the Today Show and World Magazine, Focus on the Family Magazine, and more. Her blog is a global well for the weary, and soul-thirsty seeking a quiet grace of the giver. And it's a delight to have you here on Life, Love, and Family. It's a humble grace. Thank you, Tim. There's nothing like holidays on the farm, is there? (laughs) There is nothing like holidays on the farm. We're very, very grateful to live really close to a very sovereign God who we see active all of the time, whether it rains, whether it snows, whether we have a crop or a harvest, or whether we don't. My dad loved Christmas in... He made such a big fuss over it. Uh, I guess because he was a pastor that the message of Christ so resonated in his heart. But he loved the joy in the kids. I remember on the old farmhouse, he used to put this monster reef. I don't even know how he got it up there. But I can still see the old farmhouse, T-111 siding on it. And I can see that reef plastered right up in the top of that baby. How I long to go back there. You know, Christmas is my favorite time of the year. And what is it about Christmas, I, I think, that does that to us? We get homesick, Tim. We live homesick. We miss home. We miss Jesus. And I think the holidays, it's all about returning home, yes, literally, but also figuratively, coming back to God, coming back to Christ, and and starting again at the beginning. I know we want to get into um, the special work that you've done about Christmas, but uh, before we go there, I would say most families, and want to celebrate Christ. They have good intentions, but there's a lot that I think crowds it all out, don't you? Everything is, and it, unintentionally, good things are crowding, <laughs> crowding out our vision. The noise of good, meaningful things can be just completely overwhelming, and it's hard to know how do you navigate all of this, Tim. Yeah, what about your family, Anne, if you don't mind us kind of peering into your place? I think for us, regardless if it's Thanksgiving or whether it's Christmas, any of the holidays, we're trying to work on sane (laughs) and sacred all at the same time. And ultimately, that really just means simple. And that doesn't necessarily mean the circumstances are going to be simple, but our focus is really going to be simple. That simplicity comes down to focus. So for us, regardless whether it's Thanksgiving or, or Christmas, any of the holidays, these three things we look at serving, 
still life and story. So breaking that down, Tim, it means serving, yes. What are we cooking in the kitchen? <laughs> what are we baking? So, so good recipes that um, the kids are going to remember 25, 30 years from now that we made up in the kitchen for them. So setting aside a few family favorites that we're going to make in the kitchen. But serving even more than that, Tim, is how are we going to reach out in really quiet ways to our neighbors? That's the meaningful part when we go ahead and we give ourselves away. For us as a family, one of the high points for us to really keep the the focus on Jesus is the last two weeks of Advent, every morning we go ahead and we lay out um, our Compassion Catalog, our Samaritan's Perth Catalog, World Vision Catalog, all these different catalogs, and each of the kids, we get to go ahead and give so much every morning. So they go through the catalogs knowing that when we give the least of these, we're giving to Jesus. So that serving just isn't in the kitchen, but then how do we serve in our community, and then how do we serve around the world? And then second, still life. So go ahead and set up either for Thanksgiving or for Christmas. It might be the mantle, might be a still life of beauty. It might be setting up the tree. You don't have to go ahead and go overboard on the decorations. I think as moms, as wives, we can feel overwhelmed that we're not keeping up in terms of, of how much do we need to decorate, but just one still life, one artistic place in the home where you've decorated for the holidays. And then again, that still life, how do I slow down and create a little bit of space in my life, the margins, some white space, to slow down and be still enough and know that he's God, step into that artistic space and create a memory. And then finally, story. So serving still life and story, how do we go ahead and incorporate the larger story, the grand narrative of God's word and what he's doing in the world into this holiday? That's part of, of what we did here with them. With this Christmas book, The Greatest Gift, how do we as a family step into God's story? Not just Jesus' birth there at the beginning of the New Testament, but really this is unwrapping the full love story of Christmas for us. Right from Genesis, Jesus has been coming for us, this relentless love that's been following us. So how do we, in those 25 days of December, go ahead and open up Scripture and hit the highlights of the Old Testament by the time we get to December 25th? We as, not just the kids, but we as adults (laughs) have stepped into the complete majesty and awe and epic wonder of God in the flesh come for us. So that's, in a nutshell, it's how we try to stay sane and sacred during Christmas. Tim is just serving, still life, and then ultimately story. And I, while you were talking, two words popped into my mind. One was the issue of traditions, that they're significant, they're important to put in our way, not to be overloaded with them, but... Pick a few things that the kids count, that mom's always going to serve these kind of cookies, and on Christmas Eve, we're always going to have this recipe. Don't overload. (laughs) Make it really simple. But yes, those traditions that you can come back to and say, these are touch points for us. This is what we always do. And traditions require then us being intentional. Very intentional. And that actually, Tim, that means how are we going to create some space during the holiday season so that we can be intentional, that we're not just reactive to the calendar, but before the season begins, we go ahead and we sort of say, you know what, it's really important that we have this margin, this white space where we can go and have still time, quiet time, time just to laugh and make memories with the kids and with our families and not feel pressured the entire time. And I love your heart. I've loved your writings, and we certainly love to hear you speak. I mean, God is giving you such an amazing gift. Uh, um, that's why I was really excited to do the program on The Greatest Gift. Again, uh, to our listeners, this is a new book by Ann Voskamp. It's called The Greatest Gift, Unwrapping the Full Love Story of Christmas. And in this, you talk about Advent, and you talk about 
Jesse's tree. Can you tell me about that? Well, Advent comes from a Latin word. It means to wait. You're waiting for the coming. So that the Christmas season, it's just not this big rush up to December 25th, though sometimes it really can feel like that. But to how do we create a space for waiting? And the Jesse tree comes from um, Isaiah 11. The verse is, Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot, yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And in that day, the heir to David's throne will be a banner of salvation to all the world. So this Jesse tree is named after Jesse, who was the father of David, and Jesus comes out of that line of David. So what you're doing with that Jesse tree is you're really looking at the whole genealogy of Jesus, right from Genesis coming forward. And it's not just the genealogy of Christ. It's our story. We've been grafted into this family of God. So we're looking at our whole family tree and ultimately realizing that even when you open up the New Testament and we start to read there, Christ coming, at first it starts off with what? His family tree. So before we have a Christmas tree, we've got Christ's family tree. And to really um, have a Christmas tree that stands, we really need to know, where did Jesus come from? What is this story really all about? And so this is one reading from Scripture every day for the month of December, 25 readings, then coming up to Christmas. It's going to take you right from Genesis all the way through the Old Testament, looking at who were the people, the genealogy of Jesus, so that when we get to Christmas, we understand the context of who he is and then really who we are. So it's unwrapping, yes, this full love story of Christmas. So it's the the Jesse tree, which really is ultimately, Tim, a Jesus tree. So each one of these readings you're going to read, and then there's um, an ornament that you hang. Actually, it's a free download with the book. So you go to my blog after you've got the book and go ahead, download the book has a code. So you go ahead, type in the code, download the ornament. And so every day's readings then has an ornament. When you're done, you've got this Jesse tree that really is a Jesus tree that's covering all of the the highlights of Jesus' family line, and which really ultimately is our story. So it's the whole Christmas story, Tim. It's the sacred romance. It, it is. It, it is. The whole thing. This love story that wouldn't, that didn't leave us there in Genesis, that didn't, that looked at all of the mucked up people all the way through the Old Testament, us, our own sin, our own messed up family trees, and says, you know what? I love you so much. I want you. I, I'll keep coming for you, coming in the flesh to take you and have you as my own. It's this redemptive story of grace. And I think, you know what, Tim? Christmas can feel like such a burden for so many people, such a hard and heavy season. And this book is about ushering you into the story of Christ that really grace is weightless. Jesus does it all for us. There is no burden. Every day when you sit down, you read, and you step into the story that takes this burden off of your back. I can't wait for Christmas to come. I couldn't since I was a kid. I remember on Wednesday night prayer meetings, uh, right after Thanksgiving, Dad would say, "What? Who wants to sing what songs?" And I try to get the Christmas carols going early. Seriously, <laughs> as a boy, I just couldn't wait I for it. I love it. And you know what, Tim? The great thing is, we as adults don't have to lose that kind of wonder and that kind of excitement and that kind of anticipation for Jesus. That's contagious, and we want our kids to feel that again, and we want to feel that again. And that's the beauty of the Bible story here, and what you're doing in this book, again, for those who are listening, The Greatest Gift, Unwrapping the Full Love Story of Christmas. It's a 25-day journey, starting December 1, I, I would say, and we go all the way to Christmas Day, right? Yep. You want them to journey in this together as a family. I really do. It, it's, you know what, Tim? It comes out of my own sadness. So many years, I would get overwhelmed with trying to produce Christmas, make Christmas, buy Christmas. You get to December 25th, and you go, 
wait, I don't think I'm really ready. My heart's not really ready. But this Jesse Tate journey, going through every single day from December 1st to December 25th and stepping into the story, creating that white space to really realize the gift Christ is. And it's been coming for us all the way through the Bible. But by the time I got to December 25th, I was ready for Christmas to really unwrap it with all of its revelry and wonder and complete and deep joy, regardless of circumstances. I really enjoyed it, Ann. I've gone through every page of this book. I know Julie and I are going to go go through it with our kids. We can't go through them all, but I want to tease out a couple of them. Let's start early and just talk about feeling worthy and having value. The idea of life begins as a love story. It does. And talked about in Genesis, the fact that God creates, but when it gets to when it talks about creating us, it says in the, the original language, let us, that it's talking about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to create man. We were created out of this huddle of hearts. <laughs> we were created out of this love relationship. So right from the very beginning, this love story begins. And it's a beautiful piece just to anchor us, to say that we have value to God. We may be going through hard times right now, but we start right there, that God's love is toward us. He created us. And doesn't end and just keeps coming for us. Even though we keep messing things up, we keep falling down, we fail and fall short, that doesn't ever change His unwavering, infinite, relentless love for us. You talk also in one of these on day three about where are you? And you talk openly about Adam and Eve and sin and how we often reach for other things rather than the pursuit of God in our life, awakening our souls to what's going on. And you know what? God's coming through the garden. He's calling, where are you? Where are you? And ultimately, we only find ourselves when we find Him. When we come back to Him, we find out who we really are. And our identity is completely secure in Him, that He calls us friend, He calls us beloved, He calls us redeemed. There's now no condemnation. But God is calling for us, yes, here in that story in Genesis in the Garden of Eden, but ultimately throughout our lives. And coming back to Him, we find out who we really are, that our identity is secure regardless of What's shifting underneath our feet? What you're doing is you're building a progression. Uh huh. I see the story unfolding. Now that I go back through it, I can. It's like wow. Here it is. Go to Abraham for me, and when he is on the mount. This is so exciting. There's always a ram in a thicket, Tim. <laughs> no matter how bad the situation looks, no matter how it looks like. I mean, Abraham had prayed for this son, that he had wanted this son. When we cling to things and it looks like we're losing them, water through our fingers, we can trust God and open our hands. There is always a ram in the thicket. He is God, our provider, our provision. We don't have to perform. We don't have to try to climb Mount Moriah ourselves. He will provide everything and take care of all of it. Grace is weightless. I love the piece on Jacob's ladder, but you talked about the reach or the love of God extending to us. And you know what? That Christ is that ladder. I think, you know, especially, sadly, Christmas, sometimes we can feel like we have to keep striving and trying to climb a ladder. And the point is Christ is our ladder. He does everything for us, comes down for us, envelops us in this love relationship and takes all the burden off. (laughs) And I think... um, It is about laying down all the ladders and saying, Christ has done all of it. He is my only ladder and my way back. This is Life, Love, and Family. I'm Dr. Tim Clinton. Our special guest today, Ann Voskamp. She is the author of a brand new book called The Greatest Gift, Unwrapping the Full Love Story of Christmas. We're talking about that Advent journey toward Christmas Day and what it means to embrace Christ during the holidays. 
So many families, again, Ann, are just overwhelmed by the pace, the pressure, the pain of modern day life. They lose sight. Now, in this journey, I'm going to come back to it. You identify a number of women, and the one that sticks out to me is the story of Rahab. One of your key days, I think it was on day 11. Rahab, she's like, you know what? She's got this line of men at her door. Like, we think if we've messed our lives up. And the thing is, Tim, we look at that family tree of Christ, and normally a family tree in the Bible doesn't note any women at all. And Christ's family tree notes not only one woman, but four women. And they're all women who, who felt like outsiders and have-beens and never-beens, women who are just weary of being taken advantage of and unnoticed and unserious and unappreciated. You know what? We can all relate to that. And I'll look at Rahab here and she wasn't part of the Israelite people at all. We've got the spies that have come to scout out the land, and they, they've come here, and they, they've come before Rahab, and she's actually she's a woman of the night. She's got women li- or men lined up at her door who just all want a piece of her. She's living in a place that has nothing to do with God at all. But in that place, in that what looks like godlessness, God reveals himself in that place. And I think, you know, to realize that God is not a respecter of persons, but he's the relentless rescuer of the prodigals, the God who gives the gift of faith in the places we most doubt <laughs> faith. And I just find this so encouraging for us in, in difficult places. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I don't have that kind of past at all. So for me, as a kid who grew up in a home where um, Christmas was really sort of a sad, empty time of year, to look at the story of Rahab and see, you know, in a godless place with a godless past, she believed fully, and God met her there. And it's not like she stepped out to those spies <laughs> and called them in out of confidence, but really just out of faith. And, um, you know, you can be the kind of woman that feels like a scarlet woman, like Rahab, with this past. But Rahab, she just she tosses this scarlet cord out of her window, Tim, to say, you know what, I'll mark my home here so that when you come back, you can find me with this scarlet cord. And it's like us saying, you know what, I'm just going to cling to Jesus. He's my scarlet line, my scarlet ribbon. And you look at what happens. What, is, what happens to Rahab? <laughs> God takes a woman who really was a woman of the night and makes her a woman of the court. She becomes the wife of a Jewish prince. They have a son whose name is Boaz, and Boaz ends up going ahead and marrying Ruth. This is Jesus' family line. So think of Christ's family line. Can use a woman like Rahab. He looks at us and says, you know what? I can use anybody in any circumstance. Just step out in faith and trust me right where you are. In this journey of the sacred romance, this Christmas story, you learn that there's a scarlet lifeline of hope. I love what you penned, and you said nothing meets the diagnosis of despair then. I can't get over that, Tim. I just cannot get over that no sin, no mess, no decision meets the diagnosis of despair. That no personal choice that has muddied your life can ever trump the divine choice of God to wash your life clean. I mean, if that isn't the best Christmas gift you can open, I don't know what it is. I'm moved by the depth of love and uh, the word, the truth that's in you. I guess I'm just moved ultimately, Tim. Grace moves us. When we're so moved by grace, we move out into the world. We move before the foot of the Savior. And just, I'm a messed up woman with a messed up past. But I know what my life, a glimpse anyways, of what my life might have looked like if Jesus hadn't redeemed me. And just just realizing that no situation is more hopeless than Jesus is grace-filled towards me. Um, I do. I find it incredibly moving what Christ has done for us. And I pray that in being moved by what he's done for us, we can be moved out into the world to share that 
tremendous gift and grace, this love story with other people too. On December 14th, in that particular devotional study, you talk about loneliness. And I know there are a lot of people out there who are lonely at this time of the year, In Yeah, this time of the year is really, really hard, especially when it's the time of year we want family close and we miss people that we've lost. We miss people that we love that aren't with us right now, right here, that may not be able to get home for Christmas, or people, you know what, who may have already gone home to the Lord. And it is. It can be an incredibly lonely time. I think it's a time of year where you can feel incredibly unloved. (laughs) And I think um, going ahead and, and every day stepping into the Bible, into His Word, which is really this love story, this love letter for you. An older woman wrote me, a widowed woman, and she said, you know, I don't have a husband anymore. My kids are too far to get home. I don't have anybody, grandkids or anybody coming home. I'm so looking forward, though, to Christmas this year. I get to go ahead and feel God's love for me. And the greatest gift will be for me this year that I'll have this Jesse tree that I can hang ornaments on and that every day I'm anticipating again the greatest gift of his love for me. And, and you know what? I, <laughs> for me, knowing that um, God invites the least of these, the lonely right up to the feast table and said, you know what, this is for you. And I think, you know what, ultimately Christmas, Jesus came for the people who did feel lonely on the outside of the stable, invites those shepherds right in real close and says, you know what, I came here for you, the people who feel lonely and lost and forgotten. And yes, they're struggling, yet there's rejoicing. And you write about when miracles begin. You talk about Zachariah and Elizabeth. You talk about John the Baptist. And you, you bring us all the way down as we move in toward Christmas Day, Christmas week the dwelling space for God. You talked about Mary. And then you talked about God with us, Emmanuel, Christ. And bring us home here and talk to us about what ultimately this is about. Ultimately, we come all the way through the Old Testament into just the beginning of the New Testament, Christ's birth. Ultimately, we're being invited into that manger. And we're the manger tramps, Tim. <laughs> we're the people whose righteousness really is like filthy rags. It's not that we all have to get our acts together and get all polished up before we come into that manger. He invited those shepherds who really, at the time when Jesus was born, were seen as um, the most despised and disdained, not the highly esteemed at all. Those were the ones that were invited in to come close. God doesn't come to us as some intimidating king. He decides to take on the flesh of a baby. to say, come close, come right up to the cradle. And ultimately... A baby, you can hold a baby, Tim. (laughs) Jesus, he says, you know what? I want you to come close enough to be held by me this Christmas, to behold me, to see me, and then to be held by me. So ultimately, we're coming close to Jesus, the greatest gift. So when we get to Christmas, our hearts are what's really full. I want our listeners to hear this two special pieces that you wrote in that just jumped off the page to me. And as we're moving toward a close here, respond to this. You wrote, God gives God and he withholds no good thing from you. He holds no good thing from us. And ultimately, you see, all the way through in each of these readings throughout the 25 days of December and all of these readings in The Greatest Gift, ultimately again and again and again, what does God give? God is God. God comes in the flesh for us. God comes and rescues us by himself for us, giving himself for us. 
that makes all the catalogs and everything else look really, really cheap. We don't really need to have a Christmas budget (laughs) when we can behold the fact that God gives God. We have more than we can possibly think or imagine. One final piece you wrote, Christ came into the world for you. And you came into the world for him. You coupled that with this verse, Luke 24, 32. Did not our hearts burn within us? Think about those disciples after Jesus has gone home and the Emmaus Road. There's those two strangers who go ahead and they, they meet Jesus. And it was afterwards and they realized it was Christ <laughs> that they had met their heart burned within them. And yes, Christ did come into the world for us. That is the startling reality, the greatest gift. But then, you're right, it's the flip side. We have come into the world in Christ, with Christ, for Christ. Those prepositions are important. And then we go ahead and say, I'm here, Lord, to be in you and to be with you and to be used for you in the world. To go ahead, this love story doesn't end with me now. Now I will go ahead and be love, be the gift given back, broken and given on into the world. So the love story continues on into all of eternity. With each of those 25 readings to the greatest gift, at the very end there's a really simple action that you can do to go ahead and be the gift back in the world. Be the love of Christ in a really simple way to your neighbor. Really simple things like lighting a candle for someone, taking someone um, a small treat. There were just really simple things for each of the days. So because we know, what Scripture tells us, it's much greater to give than to receive. So part of that greatest gift is getting to be the gift of love to other people around us. Paul said, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. The final word, Anne, is yours. Mm, I'm really praying, Tim, that this Christmas, just coming to the realization for people that, you know what? We don't want a Christmas that we can buy. We don't want a Christmas that we can even make. We don't ultimately want a Christmas that has to do with us. We want a Christmas we can hold, (laughs) a Christmas that holds us, that remakes us and revives us. We really want a Christmas that whispers, Jesus. And I pray that for the people this Christmas, that they have a Christmas that whispers Jesus, that they can unwrap it throughout the month of December and, and get to December 25th and realize that within their hearts they are holding the greatest gift. Anne wrote these words in closing. Emmanuel, it means God with us. And then she wrote this, and he stays with us. Christmas doesn't ever have to end. <laughs> as a kid, I was always so sad at the end of Christmas Day, even as, a, as an adult mama. Just, oh, I didn't want Christmas Day to end, but then remembering, wait, he stays with us. It doesn't end. This is just really the beginning. Emmanuel, our God is with us. And if God is with us who could stand against us our God is with us Emmanuel for all those who Paul wrote and in the fullness of time God sent forth his son Jesus born of a woman born under the law to redeem them to save those who are under the law so that we could have the adoption as sons and daughters. So the question today is, do you know the Jesus of Christmas? Christ has come. 
Emmanuel, God with us. Here's the beauty. When you embrace the Christ of Christmas, like Anne said, he stays with you. You will never walk alone again. We're here every weekday, right here on this station at this time for you. If we can be of help to you, call us at 855-455-3264 or visit us at lifeloveandfamily.net. Thanks for listening. Happy holidays. Life, Love, and Family. America's number one Christian residential treatment program, Honey Lake Clinic, specializing in addiction, depression, anxiety, bipolar, PTSD, staffed by nationally recognized psychiatrists and psychologists, a team of MDs and 24-hour nursing care, a 600-acre scenic sanctuary of unmatched beauty, Honey Lake Clinic. Most insurance accepted, scholarships available. Phone 844-747-7772, online, honeylake.clinic.